How to publish a lot of pages at scale? I know it's important and it's very hard. I know from my personal experience, I often see this issue with my customers who don't know how to do it, how to cover a lot of keywords, many different topics. That's why I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Gordana Stretonovich. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember our first episode that was so valuable you know i spent some time an emergency room to consume all this information how i can handle oh. the process how, <laughs> how i can consume all this information so yeah looking forward to learn more probably i'll go again to this room i love this room anyway i love this room because i i can you know i like to uh, make notes and think okay can i implement it or not it works for me okay i can skip it this tip is good for me so Oh, yeah, as usual process. Okay, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, remind our audience what you do and uh, how you can create a lot of pages and content at scale. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, so my name is Gordana. Uh, it's fine if nobody can pronounce my name. It's very difficult. Uh, but you did a great job. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm a co-founder of a startup called Workello. Um, and Workello is... Uh, of an applicant tracking system that we built. It's a pre-hire uh, testing platform uh, that was originally built primarily to help companies hire writers because we do publish a lot of pages. So that's kind of how Workello was born. Um, and previously to my co-founder position, I was a director of content at an agency called Content Distribution, where we actually uh, published some crazy volumes <laughs> and worked with some amazing clients. Um, so yeah, we developed our processes over the past, I think, four or five years. I don't even know how long. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to share it with, um, everyone and help everyone scale, um, their content production. So yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> love it. Love it. Okay. I want to start from the first question. You know, for example, uh, right now I'm writing a new article for my blog and I spent a few weeks, you know, to write this article because yeah. <laughs> many things to change. It's hard. It's really hard. You know, we are it talking is, yeah. about quality. I I can't sacrifice uh, quality because I know Google uh, won't care about this article. So can you tell how to do it, how to increase the speed of writing? Mm -hmm. But don't forget about quality. Yeah, of course. That is a, such a good point that you made there. And I'm betting that, well, I don't want to guess, but I'm betting that your article that you're you know, spending weeks on is more on the kind of thought leadership side, uh, where you're actually trying to teach your audience something that you see kind of in your point of view. And for that, I am sorry, <laughs> I don't have a lot of tips, because you just got to do it. Uh, when, you know, when you're writing a piece like that, or you're making a video, like I'm doing right now, I'm kind of making a lot of YouTube videos. None of them are live yet because exactly what you said, can't sacrifice quality. Uh, when it's more of a thought leadership piece, I really just think the cure is to sit down and do it. And uh, it's probably you are the only person that can do it. So nobody else on your team can. But if we are talking about um, just your regular blog articles um, that you want to publish at scale, they still need to be super, super high quality. They still need to offer tremendous value, but you still have to publish a lot of them. So to do that, uh, you need to set a good system for your content team. So the number one thing is 
you really need to have a good content team. So you need to hire really good writers. And one of the ways to do that is to source a lot of candidates, because I'm sure you probably know, whenever you post, uh, you know, I'm looking for a writer, you get thousands of applications and 90% of them are not that great. So you need a good system there. You need to hire amazing people. You need to test them before you hire them. And then you need to onboard them really well, um, which means you need onboarding documentation that's really detailed, really good, that kind of eases the writer into what you're trying to accomplish, what your brand is, what your tone of, tone of voice is, the quality levels, all the good stuff. Then you need good editors. <laughs> Which again, we're going back to, you know, you either hire editors externally or you promote your writers from within, which is what I like to do. Uh, and then you need process documentation for editors as well. Uh, so those docs will probably be another level higher than the ones you would give to writers. Um, and then finally, you need just a good kind of QA content operation system. So you need to keep track of all of the articles that you're publishing, you need to be very strategic with the content that you're publishing. So sorry for meandering a little bit, but I just read a post today uh, by Connor Gillivan. I thought, I believe that's how you pronounce his last name on LinkedIn um, about kind of high intent, mid intent and low intent articles that you can write. And you can't just attack kind of top of the funnel content before you cover your bases with, you know, bottom of the funnel, highly relevant for your current audience, something that's going to get the money fast. Uh, you know, you can't just kind of go willy nilly and spray and pray and, you know, do that thing uh, without actually covering your bases first. So uh, the number one thing to do is to set up a good system, uh, track everything that you're doing really well, cluster your keywords really, really well, and then have an amazing team to execute it. And that's as kind of simple as I can put it, of course, <laughs> all of these steps, yeah. a million different steps within them, but uh, those are the basics, I guess. And of nice, course, never nice. sacrifice quality for quantity. That's yeah. Uh, I believe 100% that you need to have a good team, but let's get back to the first yeah. step, hiring these people, yeah. you know, I remember like 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about anything. Uh, I fired this team. Google helped me to fire all this team because, you know, uh, I gave <laughs> yeah. them topics like weight loss, uh, finance, anything. They wrote, Google ranked, things change many times. Uh, then I switched my attention to Upwork and similar websites. But uh, mm -hmm. I quit as well because uh, even if I check out this rating, uh, reviews, everything looks fine. But when I get this content, it, 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 it's not working, you know, I can't get results with this content. And I got it, uh, I need to change the system as well. So I have my system, you know, to hire great people. But for me, it's hard to find a lot of great specialists who can uh, cover many topics. Can you tell how to do it, how to find these people today? Yeah, of course. So uh, I'm glad you had that experience because you know how hard it is, you know, to yeah. just find... It's like uh, people like to say, well, nobody wants to work these days. That's not true. Actually, people do want to work. And there are a lot of amazing writers out there. But it's just incredibly hard to find them because now, especially after COVID and everything, everyone's kind of working from home. And anyone who speaks a little bit of English is like, oh, I'm a writer. I can write anything, which, no, you cannot. You are not a writer. You know, there is a specific skill set that goes into this role. And it's ridiculous, you know, 
uh, what people are doing nowadays. So um, how to find great writers. Uh, first of all, you need to get a lot of candidates and there's no going around it. I, I'm sorry to anyone that doesn't want to do that, but uh, you know what it's like, you know, you know what it's like when you post a job and, you know, you just get uh, a bunch of messages. Um, the way we solved it first internally, and then of course we launched Workello publicly was to create a bunch of, you know, automations uh, with this internal tool that now is external uh, to help us, you know, get those candidates and to test them. Uh, because for me, the most important thing is not, as you said, reviews or like portfolios or anything like that. I really don't care about that. The only thing I care about is that you can produce the content that I need. And, you know, um, it's going to be worth my time and my money, but also worth your time as a writer. Um, so the way we you know, hire people is we post job ads on you know, pro blogger on LinkedIn. Um, there are a million job boards all over the world. You can get really specific with locations. You know, if you want to hire someone from Italy, you post on Italian job boards. Uh, I have a couple of my favorite ones um, because I like to hire from, you know, Eastern Europe and Serbia, where I'm from. I'm a little bit mm -hmm. biased there. Um, so we post our job ads there and then we source all of our candidates into Workello, which is our tool. Um, and then we just send tests to people that look promising. Um, and how do you know that someone looks promising? Well, they actually <laughs> tell you <laughs> something about them. Uh, a lot of people just say, hire me. I'm, I'm amazing. I'm great. Uh, look at my reviews. But a good candidate will provide a relevant portfolio. So if you, you know, have a crypto website, they will submit crypto related uh, articles that they wrote or like pets or anything like that it doesn't really matter. So that's step number one. Uh, step number two is they actually give you some kind of a cover letter. It can be short, but that is where you actually see that people, first of all, can speak English, <laughs> which <laughs> a lot of people can't, <laughs> but um, it's actually good. You know, they just say, Hey, you know, I'm, I want to apply for this job. This is why I'm good, blah, blah, blah. Um, and after that, we send them pre-hired tests. And now we designed these tests to be highly relevant for the content that we are producing. So we would ask our candidates to write about 200 to 400 words, depending on a project, um, on a very specific keyword and ask them to incorporate several things that are important to us, such as internal links, external links. They need to add some kind of a list in their content. Uh, they need to incorporate a couple of keywords naturally so we know that they understand how these things work and they're not just keyword stuffing, you know, every other word as a keyword. That's, you know, that's not how things go. Um, and yeah, after that, we interview them, we hire them, obviously. But I think the most important part of this process, well, actually two most important parts are sourcing and then testing. Because if you don't know where you're looking, uh, you can just end up with a lot of bad candidates. But then if you don't test them, you will never know how to you know, find that diamond in the rough. And I can tell you from my experience, some of my best writers were absolute beginners. They, you know, they never worked as content writers before, or they maybe wrote a couple of articles in their life, uh, but they did their tests so well and they showed that they actually have this talent and have this skill, but no one gave them a chance. So that is kind of how you 
remove any sort of bias from your hiring process and you actually can find that top 1% of people that you actually want to hire. Um, nice. We'll be able to you know, follow your documentation and understand <laughs> what you're asking of them. And um, yeah, why not give someone a chance who may not, you know, have as much experience as you would like to. Awesome. Awesome. You know, uh, I often work with my dogs and uh, uh, a few days ago I met uh, one uh, woman from Serbia. Uh, she's so oh, kind. Nice. No, so kind. Yeah. And, you know, I can feel the same energy that I, I can feel now. You know, you're so energetic, uh, you know, by oh, sharing God. all this valuable insights. <laughs> so I got it it's because of Serbia, you know, because of this <laughs> nature. Yeah. <laughs> You know, us okay. Eastern Europeans, we got to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's a tough world out there. But yeah, yeah, you know what it's like, you know, um, like this kind of region of the world, it's often a little bit neglected. I, I mean, you understand. Uh, yeah. And I I don't like that. You know, I think there are a lot of amazing people that live yeah. specifically in Eastern Europe and uh, just the level of education and the level of kind of English and everything is so, so high. But maybe people don't know where to look for these jobs, you know, with all like the bad stuff that's happening, you're kind of cut off from the rest of the world. So I really encourage, you know, my customers, the Workello users to explore this part of the world when they are hiring, uh, because they can find amazing talent that's, you know, just waiting to be hired. And, uh, you know, they're hungry, they want to learn, they want to grow. Um, so, yeah. 100% recommends, you know. Nice. Do it. Nice. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you about AI. You know, it's hard to ignore this topic. That was simple to yeah. ignore, hard today, impossible tomorrow. And, you know, I found even great writers, great writers who uh, I cooperate with many great writers who can write for Forbes, Bloomberg. Uh, you mentioned about crypto website because we have some projects uh, in finance mm -hmm. niche, uh, trading, investing. And I found all of them. All of them, uh, without any exception, use AI. Now, they use mm -hmm. AI, and we can't deny it. Uh, I don't like that AI generates uh, the same text that we, you can find uh, online. Because AI is the best rewriting tool. Rewriting, not writing, you know. And um, yeah, yes. we usually <laughs> we usually uh, communicate with them, tell, please, don't do it. We need fresh insights. We need something new. Uh, but, you know, I use AI every single day, even before JGPT. But I use for uh, the sake of editing, because if I can't build my mind, uh, construct some thoughts, I can ask ChatGPT, please do it, you know, do this job. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can send my copy, you know, uh, full mess, but uh, I can get uh, nice written content, but it's unique because it's my content, my data. And uh, can you tell about AI, how to use AI in smart way? Uh, because all writers know about this tool, all writers can yeah. do it, but if they generate this, uh, the same text, uh, the best grammar, I can't deny it. Yeah, awesome grammar, nice structure, but uh, people know about such content. And, yeah. it, you know, I, I, I can get the feeling, you know, when I ask my friends about a new movie, uh, please give me feedback. And I always get feedback like uh, the same plot. I watch many the same movies. It's not interesting. And, of course, I don't want to watch this movie again. So any tips how to, to use AI to create something new and unique? 
Yeah, uh, actually, what you just said is, I think, the best way to do it, because you're right, we can't escape it. Everyone is using AI. Uh, you know, you, me, any writer, they're just going to use it. But uh, like you said, you know, it can't produce original thoughts, original ideas. And I'm sure you notice that most AI generated content is kind of uh, boring, <laughs> you know, just... Yeah beats around the bush for a million years before it gets to the point. It's, I, I don't know, it's a little bit fluffy and just publishing raw, unedited AI-generated content, I don't think it's a great idea. I know that some folks are having kind of a lot of success with these AI sites, but I think it's because this is kind of new and that's why they are getting the results they're getting. But I'm 100% sure that you know, in less than a year, it's just going to go down like this uh, because they're not using it in a smart way. And so um, I would say think of AI as a writer's block tool, as a rewriter, like you said, as kind of a sanity check and not something that's going to generate uh, something out of nothing because that doesn't exist. And if you think about it, you know, it's really bad for the industry as well to just focus 100% on AI because all of these models, they they grab what they have, you know, from Google, from the internet, from yeah. anywhere. And what is that going to look like in a couple of years? If everything is AI generated, uh, we're going to have zero original ideas. And, you know, you're just kind of stagnating that progress by doing it wrong. So uh, I have, uh, you know, a zero AI policy <laughs> in my hmm. team. Uh, like, don't use it, you know, use it to check grammar. I don't care about that. You know, everyone should have good grammar and that's not something that you should spend time on. Yeah, do a spell check, like go crazy on that. But when it comes to actual writing, you need to be the one who wrote it because you need to be the one who did the research and you know what a reliable source looks like. And I'm not sure AI knows what a reliable source looks like. Um, so that's kind of the first thing. Um the second thing is, you know, I use uh, ChatGPT to help me with kind of video scripting and things like that. Um, so it's fine. I mean, it's a great tool. It's obviously amazing. I love it. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't recommend just going crazy with it and just publishing a bunch of AI stuff and not editing anything at all. Um, because at the end of the day, the point of publishing any type of content is to provide value to the reader. Uh, and that is the only way that your website is going to grow. If you're just publishing fluff content, you're going to be in the fluff part of Google and no one's going to care about that. Uh, but if you actually get to the point super fast, if you answer the search intent, if you help your reader learn something or do something or get something, yeah, you're going to be rewarded with a good graph. Um, and so I think one of the ways that we kind of battle this AI generation uh, thing that's going on is by providing really detailed content briefs. And that is something that helps the writer tremendously uh, with their research process, with their writing process, because they already have the structure that they need to follow. They don't have to think about that. Uh, they already have kind of suggested uh, sources that they can use. So they don't have to spend, I don't know, a day or two just on research. They significantly cut down on that time and they can focus on being more creative and making those words, sounds amazing and exciting and super, super valuable for the reader. 
So for anyone who's kind of running a content team right now and is worried about AI, I would say start with a really, really, really good content brief. And uh, trust me, your writers will love you because there's nothing worse, worse in this world than just getting a keyword and saying, go write this. I mean, I had those experiences when I was a writer. It was super hard. I was not happy. Uh, and I'm sure none of, uh, you know, none of the writers right now are not are happy when they just get zero instructions and like, okay, do this. Of course, they're going to use AI. I mean, it makes sense. So be responsible, be smart, use it for, you know, writer's block, for inspiration, for spell check, grammar check, but not to generate content. That is something I believe humans still do best uh, in terms of ideas and then polishing. I mean, yeah, use AI for that. You know, we, we use Grammarly and everyone's been using Grammarly for a million years. So it's nothing kind of um, controversial, I would say. Nice. Nice. It's psychological. Yeah. Okay. Gordana, I have the question uh, about uh, keyword research or content plan that we can do yeah. before. Uh, writing any copies and uh, iPhone. For example, once I spoke with webmaster who lost 400,000 traffic because Google dropped his ranking positions, but he didn't lose any sales. So he got a lot of traffic, but this traffic didn't bring sales. He uh, couldn't monetize all this traffic. Uh, and uh, uh, I see this issue when... Um, some webmasters, open keyword research tools, iHRF, SEMrush, many great tools, uh, Uber suggests, and they see volume. Okay, I want to get it. I want to uh, yeah. get this traffic, but it doesn't mean that you convert this traffic. Even more, it's hard. It's hard. For example, if uh, I'm going to promote the keyword SEO, uh, I, I have no idea how I can do it with my resources to overcome Neil Patel, iHrefs, many great blogs uh, that uh, I can find in the top 10. In the second, it doesn't mean that I can sell it. Yeah, okay, if yeah. even I find resources to do it, but how I can sell this keyword because it's not uh, related to my products. Uh, can you tell about creating the right strategy? How to find keywords that will sell products and when you have? enough resources uh, to overcome competitors? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's a very interesting story about, you know, the guy that lost all the traffic, but no sales. It just makes sense. It just tells that he should have done the content pruning thing, like probably six months before that. Um, so how to find good keywords? Well, you need to start with if you are, you know, a website owner or if you are an agency, it doesn't really matter. Start by interviewing yourself or your clients because nobody knows your business better than you and nobody knows their business better than your client, right? Uh, so the way we do, the way we approach keyword research and everything when we work on different projects and when we work on our own projects is by first creating a big, big, big questionnaire, like 20 plus questions that are very, very detailed that we ask either our clients or each other and kind of bounce ideas off of each other. Um, record the conversation uh, because you can't remember everything that was said and uh, just have them or you answer those questions. Um, not only will you get the answers to the questions that you asked, which is obviously the points of everything, but because you recorded that call, you will get additional keywords that you may have missed 
in, you know, writing or something because people just mention stuff all the time. Um, so then I would go to Ahrefs and start from literally the most um, kind of relevant thing. When I say relevance, I mean bottom of the funnel thing. So if you are selling dog food, it doesn't make sense to start writing about, uh, you know, activities for dogs that are, you know, going to give them energy or something like that. It makes sense to start with, can a dog eat, uh, I don't know, this type of food or can a dog eat that type of food or best food for dogs or anything like that. Um, so you have this big list in Ahrefs, obviously, you know, high volume, everything, you may get crazy and think, oh my God, I'm going to attack this a million <laughs> per month keyword. Uh, don't do that. Uh, go cluster your keywords first. Um, you know, there are a lot of clustering tools on the market right now. We use our own tool. It's called Cluster AI. Um, you can look it up. It's actually really good. Um, cluster your keywords. And then again, don't go for the biggest cluster. Start a little bit lower, especially if it's a new website. Uh, as you said, you can't expect to compete with the biggest players. Like if you're writing about SEO with, you know, Neil Patel's of the world and, and things like that. Or if you're writing about dogs, you can't compete with, I don't even know what's the biggest dog website, like veterinarians probably. Um, start lower, start with very, very specific keywords that you know are highly relevant to your product and do a series of content around that, see what happens, and then go to kind of a middle of the funnel uh, level of keywords. Do that and then go to the top of the funnel. Do that. At that point, your graph is probably going to grow a little bit. And then you can start attacking those high, high, high volume keywords like tens of millions of, you know, uh, monthly visitor type of keywords or keyword clusters. Um, and because you already have a lot of relevant content on your page, Google knows that you are kind of a reliable source of information for that niche that you're in. If you are using good writers, have good processes, have good briefs, all of that, that is kind of a prerequisite. Uh, yeah, of course, Google is going to reward you. You can start attacking those larger keywords and start getting some traffic from there. But if you're a new website and you just say, oh, I'm going to go for the top keyword, nothing's going to happen. So don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Start low, start slow. And I promise you, you will see results 100%. And cluster your keywords, please. Uh, because there's literally whatever niche you're in. There are probably millions of keywords that you can target. And how do you know how many pages of content you're going to create if you don't do clustering? Um, nice. So yeah, cluster and then low and slow, number one. Yeah, I have a bunch of questions, but you know, I want to ask the question from Connie. Uh, she has a great smile like you have, you know, the same. And uh, the question, I need AI to link to my voice with uh, work flowy. Is it possible? Can you reply to this question? I have no idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, probably, uh, probably, you know, uh, if I understand correctly, Connie want to ask, uh, can we use AI to... Uh, to set up some emotions. Uh, I think, yeah, it, it's it's possible if you use the right prompts, you know, in AI and tell, okay, I have friendly style, simple style, mm -hmm. my audience, uh, I don't know, kids, adults, uh, anything. So 
you can ask uh, to set up emotions, inspirational, encouragement. Yeah, uh, I think it's possible. You can play with prompts. Uh, you can find a bunch of prompts. But it's better to find yours and don't copy others just to play with this tool. And uh, after some time, you can get uh, the text that related to your voice. Why not? Yeah, love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure you can. I actually... I don't know. I, I never played around with it that much, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I actually saw there's this tool. I forgot what it's called. I subscribed to one of these AI newsletters and, and they sent, um, you know, kind of three interesting AI tools every single time they send a newsletter, which is every day, I think. And one of them is this AI chatbot that's kind of like a friend or something. And then you can talk to it and it explains on the sides uh, why it gave the answer that it gave. I am not sure about the name, but I can send it over later. <laughs> maybe you can link to it or something. Nice. Uh, it's yeah, cool. I will. So, you know, maybe in a couple of years, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it's an exciting time, definitely. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay. You mentioned about uh, clustering keywords. Uh, I'm interested about that because... Uh, I have my clustering tool. Uh, we can cluster on uh, HRFs, MRush, so we have their clustering by parents' topics. Uh, can you tell what kind of benefits you have by using your tool compared to mm -hmm. others? Uh, because I mm -hmm. see uh, most tools use uh, the technology to uh, compare uh, content in the top 10, so if they have the same content they can group in one subgroup but I, I, I see when you know people when they use uh, surfer seo uh, phrase or uh, similar tools uh, they usually submit a lot more keywords uh, and it might mm -hmm. confuse you know uh, users it might confuse google uh, so can you tell more about how to cluster in the right way i mean like to submit enough keywords uh, the, uh, yeah. and to save logical structure <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah, you're you're super right about too many keywords. I, I see that a lot. You know, people try to submit 100,000 keywords to cluster. I mean, at that point, what are you clustering? That's way too many. <laughs> That's not keyword research. It's just typing a term and downloading everything from Ahrefs. Uh, you know, everything starts with First of all, again, you, you know, your brain and kind of how much you know the brand, uh, whether it's your brand or your client's brand. Uh, so we go back to that questionnaire that we did with highly, highly relevant stuff. So you do very good keyword research in Ahrefs or whatever, wherever you do it first. Um, you narrow down that list. I would say max 25,000 words, but even that is a little bit too high. Uh, you know, you're going to have, I don't know, 3,000 clusters after you end with that. No one's going to produce 3,000 pages. That's just way yeah. too many. Um, I'd say anything above, you know, 1,000 is good. Uh, but uh, the way our tool works is very similar to what you just said. So it compares every single keyword against every other keyword. And if it sees three or more pages that rank for both of them on the same page, it clusters them together. If not, separates them. And so the way, you know, the deliverable you get is just this big spreadsheet with you know a lot of lines and your main keyword and kind of the first column and then your variations in the second column and then of course the volume so that way you know exactly how many articles you need to produce to absolutely dominate that niche that you did your research for um and you know how to plan your budget you know how how many writers you need you know how many editors you need 
you know, how much money you need, obviously, <laughs> and you know how much time you need to produce all that content. Um, and so, again, as I said, there are a lot of uh, clustering tools on the market. The way ours is different is just it, it's been around for a long time. It's been battle tested on a, a million projects and uh, a lot of our customers are having really, really great results, us included. You know, we were never hit by a Google update. And I think one of the reasons is the tool that we're using. Um, but again, you know, I would rather you cluster with anything than not cluster at all, even if you're not using my tool. Uh, it's just a smart way to do things. You know, there's absolutely no reason not to do it. Because why would you write two articles for two keywords when you can just write one and rank with both of them on the same page? You know, don't throw your money in the toilet. Use it smartly. And uh, yeah, just close your keywords, please. Um, nice. So yeah, we basically just go in the deliverable. We see what's super relevant for us. We see what we want to start with. And one of the more interesting things that keeps happening is those very, very low, low volume keywords uh, turn out to, sorry, keyword clusters, not keywords, uh, turn out to be crazy successful. And uh, I remember one time we had a zero volume cluster and we're like, okay, let's just do this. Let's see what happens. That page got tens of thousands of visitors each month, so many conversions, and it was zero volume. So you never know. You just need to be so specific when you choose what you're actually going to cover. Uh, even when you have keyword clusters, you still need to, you know, turn on the rain and kind of see, okay, what, what do I want to do? Um, nice. So, yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, I have the question about something that I do a lot uh i made a lot of mistakes in my life i keep doing them because i don't know another way how to learn because i think everyone starts from generic strategies best practices then we can adapt to find something else that, that will actually work so can you tell about common mistakes that writers still do today and your tips how to find a much better way Yes. Oh, there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite topic. I can actually. imagine. Uh, I I don't know. I love talking about this. I'm very passionate about you know contents in general and and writers and everything because I had such a hard time. Like you said, you know, I learned from my mistakes. I had such a hard time when I was a writer, so I definitely want to uh, help people not do the same things I did. Um, so I would say the number one thing that the writers uh, not all, but a lot of writers get wrong is they are chasing the word count and not thinking about um, actually answering search intents. Uh, now, I understand, you know, you get an assignment and you have to write 2000 words and it sounds impossible. So you just start meandering. You have these long intros that are like 500 words. No one's going to read that. Uh, cut the intros. Uh, don't write them at all. Uh, just get straight to the point. Uh, there was this topic, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago on LinkedIn, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this name so bad, but Gaetano or Gaetano, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> he wrote, uh, he was on the Ben's, uh, Ben Goody's podcast and he talked about introductionalist content and that resonated so hard with me because I hate intros. Uh, whenever I see them, I just skip them immediately. And I'm sure that many readers do the same thing. Um, 
So if you are a writer, just think about your reader. You know, who is your reader? Who's your audience? What do they know now? What do they need to know next? And what do they need to know to end the search and go look at something else on your website? Um, <clears throat> if you, you know, can't answer their questions, if you can't provide, I don't know, a product that they want to buy or any information that they're looking for, they're going to click out of your website and go somewhere else. And if you have a long intro and you just go around and around and around and, and talk about irrelevant stuff, like I see a lot of AI tools uh, or not a lot, ChatGPT in particular, yeah. it just has these long intros that no one wants to read. Uh, ditch those, just get to the point super, super quickly. Stop using big words when you can use small words that are simple and easy to understand. Uh, you know, you're not writing uh, a doctoral thesis, you're writing content for the internet and no one needs to have a PhD to understand what you're writing about. So keep it simple. And then, um, you know, have good structure because I see this a lot. They're just walls of text and that just looks unappealing and that just makes me want to click out. <laughs> so <laughs> having good structure is really, really important. And this kind of ties in with, you know, the content managers and editors and how much information they actually provide to their writers. Uh, just please provide briefs to your writers uh, because you don't want to leave this very important thing in the hands of someone who's not as invested in your business as you are, because you are the person who is the most invested in your business. Yeah. Uh, so have good briefs and, you know, make sure to mention like no intros <laughs> or like one, one sentence intro, just get to the point. Um, and of course, offer structured data and you know, numbers and everything to support your claims uh, because you want to be better than anyone else on Google. That's the point of any content that we're publishing. Uh, you want people to like it. So you need to kind of make it easy for them to digest, I guess. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. I have two questions left and uh, I want to know about them. Uh, uh, my question about, uh, you mentioned about uh, having the right structure and you uh, mentioned a few times about bounds. We have this issue, you know, when people bounce fast, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of content, because, uh, for example, uh, according to data, people read only 5% of all books. Uh, they 80% uh, of people bounce videos in the first 20 seconds. Uh, it's the same with website content. So people uh, don't want to consume content that uh, are not interested. And once I spoke with Jim Edwards, uh, he worked in Business Insider 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. Then company was sold for $500 million. Good success. Everything looks fine. And he, <laughs> yeah. And he told me uh, that success of Business Insider depends uh, on creating non-boring content. You know, if we take business niche, it's boring. We can't deny yeah. it. it's boring. And, you know, I love reading uh, books, business books, because I know it's important for me to develop uh, my skills, to grow my company. But most of them are boring. It's really boring. You know, yeah. when I take a new boring book, I can, you know, I can, if you have problems with sleep, you can sleep well all night. You know, uh, that is so true. Pills. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, for example, sometimes I read because I get value. But 
most people can't uh, and understand why because it's boring so yeah can you tell how to create non-boring content you mentioned many tips about structuring content about uh, finding the right topics but anyway we need to uh, entertain a little bit it's not like to create entertainment content yeah uh, we can't yeah. write like jack london like uh, hemingway but uh, uh, we need to entertain a little bit you know to decrease this bounce rate any tips about creating non-boring content yeah that is i i completely relate to you <laughs> the business books, like, oh my god they put me right to sleep uh yeah most b2b content is unfortunately boring and i don't think it should be and i don't think it has to be honestly uh i just think that a lot of you know agencies and companies in general they forget that even if you're writing b2b content you know you're still writing for a person on the other side who's reading that a business is not some a mythical entity that just exists and produces money and reads your con it's a you know it's an executive who's reading that it's an editor it's anyone it's a manager so um i you know i definitely relate to this um i think one of the ways that you can help your content not be as boring even if you are in the b2b niche is i'm sorry to say this again but having a good brief for your writers mm -hmm. Uh, so they can actually, you know, provide all the all the necessary information that they need to provide, but so they can focus on so that they can focus on actually being creative and packaging that information up into something that is exciting uh, for the reader, that is, you know, interesting, that is, I don't know, that is going to make it memorable. I guess is the, the most important thing. Um, so. You need to, as a content manager or a business owner who is hiring a content team and who wants to publish a lot of content, uh, you know, you need to start from the bottom and you need to have your bases uh, really solid. You need to have a solid foundation upon which you can build stuff. And that actually starts with, you know, just having a good, good, good content production process and good content scaling process that is going to allow your writer to, you know, crack a joke or two <laughs> and, uh, you know, just guide the reader through the content with, you know, uh, hooks and cliffhangers. <laughs> I know it sounds silly when we're talking about, you know, B2B stuff, but it's actually true. Um, so allowing your content team to be more of an artist than uh, just a writer, you know, just someone who bangs out words all day long is probably what's going to set you apart. Also, I think good visuals help a lot. Uh, if you can incorporate videos into your content, that is amazing. What you said about, you know, the attention span now with TikTok and everything, it's crazy how much people are just like, oh, no, I'm not going to watch this. It's been five seconds and you didn't get to the point. So not interested. Or if you know, the video just looks boring or something like that. So definitely invest some time in, in that as well. Um, and if you can add all of those elements and kind of make it an interactive, I guess, experience uh, for the reader. Yeah, I don't I don't think it should it not should, but I don't think it necessarily needs to be as boring as, uh, you know, it's been <laughs> lately. <laughs> Uh, nice. So it's all about kind of gamifying that experience, you know, um, and yeah. yeah, making it, I don't know, making it a little bit more exciting. Mm -hmm. And 
I have final question. Uh, you know, I, I can speak with you all day because you share a lot of value, but we have this limited time. Uh, and my last question uh, about your experience. You know, for example, I found that I usually get high results with clients who understand SEO. So we can cooperate together like a cohesive team because if people don't understand, I I tell them, take my course, learn from that, go to Google, YouTube, learn it, learn it, get the basic. Then we can cooperate. And uh, for example, if I start something new, I usually uh, try myself without any help. Uh, I make my hands dirty. I always fail, always, but you know, I can learn what I can do uh, differently and how to hire the right people who can help me to go ahead because I can control, I can manage, I can understand the process. Uh, can you tell, for example, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, completely from scratch, what will you do today to learn more about writing text at scale for all website pages? That is such a good question. Oh, my God. Um, I would say I would definitely be more active in the you know content and SEO communities, which is something that I did not do when I was a I started as a writer, you know, I was just a freelancer before this (laughs) and for many, many years, it was really, really hard. And I think one of the reasons why is because I wasn't spending enough time in the actual communities because there is, you know, only so much you can learn from Googling um, when you don't know what you don't know. Right. Uh, So I didn't know that you can actually be more efficient and produce more pages than you physically can. And so I never even Googled that stuff. Uh, so anyone who's a beginner, join communities, watch, you know, Unmiss <laughs> podcasts uh, and, you know, other relevant uh, podcasts and lives. Uh, be active, ask questions, and kind of, uh, this is also advice for myself, don't be afraid to reach out to people. I always had an issue with, you know, I'm I'm like scared, oh, is this person going to reply? They're going to say no, whatever, whatever. Um, That's not true. Even if someone is more experienced than you, they, you know, probably had a hard time learning and starting out, and they definitely want to help. So just reach out. There are so many amazing professionals now, especially on LinkedIn. You know, there's this huge community of people. And if you follow all of them, um, you're 100% going to learn a lot. And, you know, some of the people, obviously, you know, you, what you put out is amazing. And all these videos, you just watch this. It's like you went to college, (laughs) you know, like just watch all of Anatoly's videos. Um, You know, follow Boyan, my co-founder, Boyan Maric. He's amazing at SEO. He's a really, really good director of content. My other co-founder, Nick Jordan, he's also great. Uh, Tim Hanson is amazing. Ben Goody, he also has a a really good podcast that I like. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks on LinkedIn publish Amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, they have amazing communities. You can join our Facebook community. It's called Fatcraft Content Ops. You're welcome to come. Um, and yeah, just learn what you, find out what you don't know, I guess is the, the most important thing. Uh, don't just focus on, on writing as a craft because that is important. But ultimately, if you want to scale, it doesn't matter how great of a writer you are. It matters how ready you are to organize all of that and and gather a bunch of writers and you know write good documentation for them and set up those systems and 
kind of guide them through the whole process. And I think one of the only ways to do that is to just see what other folks are doing and you know try to recreate that. I guess. Nice, nice, awesome, awesome. It's a big pleasure again to to get on my Same. show to learn from you. You know, when you write a book, I'll read your book and shout out oh to my, my audience because yeah, I can feel it. You know, you can you can write a great book and yeah, looking forward to oh. get it. I, I'm pretty sure you will do it in one day. <laughs> and uh, I hope uh, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to follow you, how to reach out to you. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much. Uh, no one's ever said that to me before, so thank you. <laughs> uh, follow me on LinkedIn. It's uh, my name that you see here. It's Gordana Sretinovich. Um, I publish every day, and I talk a lot about content and scaling content and just writing great stuff, uh, ranking for it and making fat graphs. Uh, there's also a Facebook community that me and my co-founders run. It's called Fat Graph Contrap. So join us over there and of course you know workhello.com we publish stuff every day <laughs> over there <laughs> so you can get a lot of uh you know free lessons about anything content related um so yeah that's uh i think that oh yeah i have a youtube channel sorry i forgot about that it's called content distribution i'm slowly but surely publishing videos again all about you know building teams and scaling content so definitely join us there um and yeah, nice. yeah, that's it. Okay, guys, you can find the links to all uh, accounts, uh, websites that Gordana has uh, in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it. Welcome back Thank anytime. So to share Thank you. Value. I had so I much fun it. again. It's like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> I love okay, it. Okay, nice. Thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.